Welcome to The Big Bang Theory with Steve Waite and Brooke Phillips. My name's Steve Waite. I'll be your host today. This is brought to us by the New South Wales Government's Business Connect program and today's episode is on retail and going online. For those of you who don't know the Business Centre, we're a not-for-profit organisation with a 35-year history of helping small businesses. Now, at any time, disruption in our economy, in our society, in our personal lives, there's a normal impact of this on us as humans. But perhaps the stress of it and from the effect of it and the change and the disorder, it, it does cause upheaval in our lives. Today, we'd like to view this from the perspective of retail small business owners and adapting to disruption by going online with your product or your offer. Indeed, your catalogue or your shop or mm -hmm. bringing it alive and translating that environment of your business to an online environment. Our guest today is Mark Charette. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Uh, Mark shared with us prior to our discussion today, we had a little bit of a conversation beforehand, and he mm. shared some really interesting statistics with me. One uh, from a survey by Search Engine Land, which indicated 72% of consumers trust online reviews as much as personal recommendations. Mm. So positive customer reviews may be the single most effective marketing that you can do for your business, but how do you do it? Mark's mm. going to help us with a conversation around that today. Mm -hmm. So Mark, hopefully uh, people will leave today with practical steps of how to get their customers spreading the good word uh, about their business on, on sites uh, that matter and how you can use technology and online platforms and tools, mm -hmm. including some really interesting ways to augment reality now, mm -hmm. which are highly accessible, yeah, yeah. even to small businesses, uh, to tactfully remind customers uh, of, of feedback and guide them through online review. And mm -hmm. when they do put themselves out there, they, they will get reviewed. And you mm -hmm. see that often as an opportunity, positive or negative, to engage with customers and tell your authentic story. Mm -hmm. So a little bit about Mark. Mark's based on the central coast of New South Wales. Mark is a Google trusted photographer and a Google My Business specialist. To qualify as a Google trusted photographer, you must have provided at least 50 360 degree images. It's not just for anyone uh, though who has achieved that status. It's much more than that. Now Mark helps businesses get found on Google by optimising their single most important business directory listing for all locations uh, based businesses. Google My Business, as a Google trusted photographer, Mark has created many of these 360 degree virtual tours, which mm -hmm. we'll touch on today, for local businesses, acting as Mark likes to say is the little orange peg man <laughs> on Google Street <laughs> views, right. uh, in, inside your business. Mm -hmm. With over 2,500 virtual tour photos published and over 8.5 million 360 degree photo views, all of which are published on Google's network of uh, Google My Business listings, Mark knows how much the impact of these photos have on Google Maps, Google Street View, Google Earth, mm -hmm. and of course Google search results and social media platforms. Mark is expert in helping small businesses optimising their Google My Business profile and helping small businesses clean up old and incorrect duplicate missing or online directory listings, Facebook, Yellow Pages, etc., and local directories, and also in helping businesses improve their online marketability and reputation through mm. showcasing mm. reviews on websites and social media feeds, simplifying this mm. process of reviews and providing tools to easily request for more reviews for mm. past clients and reporting back what you're doing and how you're performing in regards to your NPS, mm -hmm. which I wasn't anywhere aware of until mm -hmm. I needed to be aware of, which is your net promoter score. Mm -hmm. Many of you would be aware of what that is, but a definition we'd like to share for those uninitiated is that it's adopted by more than uh, two thirds of the Fortune uh, 1000 companies. And it talks about 
defining customers as detractors and promoters and your, how your product measures up on loyalty. That's right. And uh, you can question a customer with something like, how likely is it you would recommend us, our product, to your friends or your family? That's really what you're trying to get Correct. and getting a score within there. That's right. Okay. So to introduce Mark, thank you so much for your time. We really uh, appreciate all of the preparation that our guests do for this and for sharing their insights. So that's what you're here to do. But the first question we ask mm. everyone is, how has this whole show been for you, this COVID <laughs> disruption situation? What, what is it um, like for you and your business and, and your impact? It's, it actually has been disruptive, in fact, because a lot of my clients typically have been people who've been in, whether they be retailers, spas, yep. salons, um, RSLs, yep. you know, all these kinds of places where you're actually you know, very much customer facing. Yep. And when many of them had to close down, they also had to look at where are they going to be spending their marketing dollars because they have to look at the whole pie. They have to say, well, you know, if the revenues aren't there, where what do we have to do to, yep. to make sure that we're sustainable during the close down period and able to re-enter the marketplace once things open back up again. Yeah. So many of them had to make a decision to say, you know, they're putting me on hold and that's part of what they had to do. And I'm, I was totally okay with that. And I, in fact, it was part of a process of me helping them put them on hold. Yep. And so, okay. so of course, you know, was I disrupted? Absolutely, yes. And so, so I, have a, and I have a lot of empathy for them, having also been a retailer myself for, yes. for many years prior to doing what I do now. So I know what it's like. It's a very difficult thing. You don't want to be doing that. And if you're a smart retailer, you know that the last thing you want to do is yeah. stop your marketing. But yeah. you, you do what you have to do. So you, you tried to get a little bit ahead of it. You knew that you probably have to be released in regards to you know, providing services at this time, and, and you made adjustments mm -hmm. to your business absolutely. with that in mind. One yeah. of the things we spoke about also and it's something we've spoken about with other uh, guests is mm. is this it's not a time to be pitching to people mm. it, it's a time for compassion it's a time for understanding in your way that you market and you absolutely you know yeah. and one of the things that happens an awful lot now is that you're going to see businesses trying to work out whether or not they should be saying you know buy now and trying to get that message of, of selling yeah. or should they just shut down completely or what else could they possibly do? And the most yeah. compassionate thing and the most appropriate thing to be doing mm -hmm. is to be thinking in terms of the long game. Yeah. Really think about the fact that eventually there will be adjustments. There will be whatever we want to call it a new normal or whatever that, that term will be. Mm. We, we need to think about at the end of this all, how will we be perceived as a business? Yeah. You know, you know, if you're a retailer, how will you be perceived by your past clients who are typically going to be the most loyal and you want to be able to reinvite them back in? Mm -hmm. And how are they actually spread the word about how you behaved mm -hmm. in that way? So that's where your reputation building comes back into that fold. Okay. I'd like to look at what are the greatest challenges facing small businesses right now, in your mm -hmm. view, being online and while we're caught in the eye of this storm. So mm. this is where you work. This is where you help businesses get themselves online, get them mm. understood online, get their story online. Mm -hmm. So for you, what are the greatest challenges you think facing businesses? Because many businesses that may not have been online are now going to consider or are forced to go online. Yeah. So what do you think are the challenges in the storm of this thing? I think the biggest challenge for them is just knowing what the gap is. They yeah. actually often don't know yeah. how much they need to shift yep. where they can shift. Yep. So doing a bit of a, a needs analysis or a gap analysis of that business is really an important thing to be doing because yep. th that, that would be the first place where you'll get a sense of how well or how ready are you? Because there actually are some businesses out there that are far more ready than they realize and simply need some form of a tool to help them assess 
where they stand. Tell and me, so, tell me more about that. What do you mean? Yeah. So, so doing a, a, a gap analysis usually comes in the form of multiple parts. But in, in and I'll, obviously, I'll speak to the, yeah. the areas that I specialize in, and, and obviously, I often refer people to other specialists for those other parts. Yeah. But when it comes to the online gap analysis, is I look at where are you being found? How are you being found by new clients? Yeah. And we tend to just use Google. That's the, the, the default. We yeah. Google's become a verb to us, hasn't yeah. it? It's yeah. just one of those Google, things we yeah, Googled. You're yeah. gonna, you're gonna, you're, how about if you Google that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And with that in mind, you have to think, well, where does Google get its data? How does it actually build its information to ensure that it's serving up the most correct and accurate and, 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 and useful search results. Yeah. And it gets it from your website, from your Google My Business listing, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, which is yeah. their own asset, yes. along with any other place that you may be found online. That's how it basically will surface you in a search. Yeah. And the uh, those other places are all of the other directory listings that are both dating back and converted over to online, such as Yellow Pages. Yeah. But there's other directories we sometimes forget about, and yeah. those are the ones that, like for example, are you listed on your Chamber of Commerce? Okay. Are you listed um, on a local shopping net network yeah. of some type? Yeah. If you are a specialist service provider, have you actually been listed there? For example, if you're in the aged care industry, mm. are you listed in the aged care facilities search engines? Okay. So those are the things that basically Google will do is search that stuff out to make sure that it's making sure that it's serving up the right okay, result. So when people are at this point now, they may have just rested on the fact that people will come and see them almost in an mm -hmm. unplanned fashion. Mm -hmm. um, they will Google them, um, mm -hmm. they will find them. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is there's much more to going online than just having the website and having a listing. There's more that we can delve into there about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And it's not to take away from the importance of the website no. because yep. that is the, that's the digital asset that every yep. business definitely should have yep. and that they own, that they control. Because all of the other assets, essentially yep. you don't own them. You're some, essentially borrowing or renting space on someone else's platform to help bolster or to be found. Yeah. So the website is still the single most important, but to make sure that you have a, a, good, a, a good idea as to where are you being found and how consistently are you being found. Okay. And this is where I, I mean, we, can, we can somewhat pull into the whole idea of exactly what makes it so that Google can produce a, a quality result. Yeah. And in a business listing, it goes back to the same thing that what Yellow Pages or any other directory listing uses, and it starts back to the days of print, which was your name, your address and your phone number. The three single most important things of how people can find you mm. so that they can, can do business with you. Yeah. Now we add to that because we're dealing with the online world of website, which is another major piece of data. Yeah. Uh, but those pieces of data, as long as they are absolutely consistent yeah. across as many platforms as possible, the more mm. likely that Google can actually serve up that correct result. Mm -hmm. What I find in a lot of cases when we do one of these gap, gap analysis is we find that a business may actually have a duplicate listing. They may have, for example, relocated from an industrial park to a, a more retail environment as they grew their retail operations. Mm -hmm. so that's often how they start off. They yeah. they're, they're selling out of the garage essentially and then they move yeah. into a proper retail space. What if they didn't actually relocate their Google My Business pin and their directory listings or forgot to change some of those listings. Okay. They may still have some listings left over at the other location, yes. which means that if someone was using that listing directly, they'd yeah. be going to the wrong place. So these are assets. That these are digital wrongly, assets. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, so we'll, we're going to take a deeper yeah. dive into that. Yeah. We also spoke, as we go towards that deeper dive, we spoke about um, the example of, a, of, of the shoe salesman. Yes. That, you know, I'm going to put my business online, so I, I, sure. I haven't had it online in this way. I'm mm -hmm. now selling online. Do you want to tell us 
Sure. Set that up for us. Yeah, sure. When we, when I look at the shoe store industry as one of them, the best examples because if anyone who's been in retail knows how hard it is to sell shoes, right? You have to think then about how how much can we learn from those challenges and how do we apply that? Because if last time you went and bought a pair of shoes or I bought a pair of shoes, you mm. probably had someone help you select the shoes. They may have even helped you fit the shoes on you, right? Mm -hmm. So. Now, what are we going to do when it comes to that? How do we message those changes, mm. right? So those kinds of environments really have to learn how to adapt. So it's good to be found, mm. you know, once you've actually been found, but then how do you interact? How do you communicate effectively the way in which you're going to do business yeah. once the, you, the client has walked through the front door? Yeah. And that's really the, the, the challenge that I think most people have to think about is how do they get that message across clearly? So, and, the, and this is where many businesses are now where they've kind of yeah. been forced to do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's it's actually translating what they do in a business that mm -hmm. represents how they do business, what they sell, how they sell it, into an online environment. So going online isn't just about mm -hmm. a listing and a functional sales no. mechanism. It's more than that. It, it, you, it starts with the listing, but yeah. then... As soon, you know, the, the whole idea behind that listing was to get them into the, into the front door and mm -hmm. to do business with you mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. whether it be digitally or otherwise. Yeah. So that next step is a really important one. We have to think about how do we actually engage with our clients in a more effective manner. Yeah. And that's where a lot of people are starting to fall down. They're yeah. really getting confused. They don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, recently had a conversation with um, a, a business friend of mine, and she's, a, she's a, an analyst, and she was telling a story about how her daughter works in a clothing store. Yeah. And you know, what happens with clothing? People want to touch it and feel it. It's clothing. I mean, that's yeah. how you actually decide. Yeah. So how do you go from that to saying, you know, do I have to put you know, do I have to put the dress in the box yeah. so that we can clean it afterwards? Like, yeah. how does that all work? So there's a lot of rethinking that yes. needs to take place. Yes. So that's going to be a challenge for a lot of businesses. So yeah. they have to think about, number one, communicate, communicate, communicate. Ask, be open, and, 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 and be, don't be offended by how people actually react to your to the way that you're doing things because that's actually just information that'll help you grow and into this new normal. Okay. Do you have a business idea, but you're not sure it'll work? We have small business toolboxes and expert business advisors to support and guide you through your startup process. Contact us via our website to find out how. Businesscenter.com.au. Dave asks, I have a product that could be sold overseas. Do you have any tips, especially with translating my website into other languages? Um, I'm probably not the best person to, to suggest with that. I can say that in a lot of cases, most websites are um, get translated by Google to a greater degree. So before you go down the path of spending a huge amount of money on yeah. you know, having, what you want to do is test how well your current website translates to another language first. Yes. There may already be some native artificial intelligence running on the back end of Google that may look after that. So, okay. so it's, but the, the best thing to do really is to talk to your web developer about that because yeah. it most likely will have to do with the way that the site is actually built okay. and simplifying the language so that it is easily translatable. Yeah, okay. I've uh, got another one here. Uh, Patricia asks, in retail space, paying for SEO seems like an endless money pit. <laughs> do you have any tips on how an online clothing retail business can cut through and get more visibility on Google mm -hmm. as a search engine without paying big dollars? It's actually quite simple to answer that one because there's, we, I say simple in that 
we have to first remember what does the term SEO mean? We have to get into that because that's actually a term that we haven't brought up yet. No. And SEO means search engine optimization. And it means essentially how to help grow the visibility of your website. And there's a difference between SEO and SEM. SEM is search engine marketing, which is where you get paid ads. There's yeah. a difference between the two. I tend to work in the SEO space, which I, therefore I can more answer to that. Yeah. It, number one, make sure that you do a great job of optimizing your Google My Business page. That's critical, okay. all right? Yeah. And also take the time to seriously look at how you structured your website so that, mm -hmm. um, that basically people can find what they're looking for easily. Mm -hmm. And that really comes down to doing a proper audit usually with your web developer okay. um, and an SEO specialist. Well, that takes us mm -hmm. to our question where we're going to go a little bit more into the detail. Mm -hmm. So if we can dwell on this detail a little now, so what should mm -hmm. retail businesses do now and what would you suggest that they do? And I know that you, mm -hmm. you, you speak about this audit and you speak about mm -hmm. online gap analysis and, and uh, priorities and uh, ranking searches and uh, getting mm -hmm. through to Google, WOMO, Yellow Pages, Trustpilot, Trustradius. Can we yeah. jump into some of this? Sure, yeah. So one of the things to remember about the way that directory listings essentially work um, is that they want a, a reason for people to go back to their directory listings because every one of them is a business, mm -hmm. right? Yellow Pages is a business. Yeah. What do they do is they also happen to house the review or reputation platforms also that you can leave reviews on. And that's a way to keep people engaged on their platform as a consumer. So. What we want to remember is that we want to make sure that we have control over those directory listings so that if someone, for example, and, and, and this is something that happens surprisingly often still today, yeah. is that someone will want to give a, a positive review or, or it could be even a negative review to a business that they've done business with. Yeah. Um, and they may not have a Google account. Well, you can't actually leave a review about a business on Google, if you don't already have a Gmail or Google account, okay. you must already have one. Yep. So where are they going to go if they don't have a Google account? Well, it's wherever else you happen to be able to you know, have them be re redirected to. Mm. There are some directories that require you to have an account, like Google, or Facebook is another one. Mm -hmm. But then Word of Mouth Online is an example of an organization that does not require you to have an account to leave a review. Okay. The other place, obviously, would be if you actually collect those reviews directly within your business yeah. directly. Yeah. So keeping in mind that these directory listing platforms are actually really an important part of the, of the, of the, of the life cycle or the locations where people can communicate back with you. Right. But the thing is, is if they're communicating with you by leaving a review, you got to make sure you can actually respond back to that review, right? Because okay. if imagine if somebody says thank you, yeah. you know, normally we say you're welcome. Yeah. Well, if you can't say you're welcome because you don't have control over that platform, mm. then it's kind of an uh, it's a it's an incomplete conversation, mm. and it's and it's social to boot, which is even worse. So if you are going online, then you need to go online and manage that so Absolutely. that you address a, a poor review. You, That's you right. Have, so tell me, how do you help people with that? With with regards to you know, and this is a, an interesting perspective about people. I often get requests to help people deal with a bad review and, and I have clients that it, for sometimes for no fault of their own and sometimes yeah. it is something internal within their business that you know where the review might have been slightly deserving yeah 
um, they want to be able to figure out how do they respond to that. The normal response for most people, because they are very proud of their businesses, is they take it personally. Yeah. And that's essentially the wrong way to behave when it comes to responding to a review. The correct way to respond to reviews is always, especially if it's a negative one, to think not so much about the person who's leaving the bad review trying to go into battle with them socially, because that's just not that's just not the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's more think about all the people who are going to be reading your response so that they understand how you handle challenging situations. They're looking for people to do business. They want to do business with people who will actually respond positively to a negative situation. That says a lot more about the way that you operate as your business. So really, when you're dealing with reviews, you want to respond to the positive ones, and you also want to respond to the positive ones with language that is, that is SEO friendly, all right? Um, in a lot of cases, people forget this. this is, when you respond in a review, it's actually okay to you know, respond with a hashtag somewhere in there. That's yeah. actually something that might be helpful. To, to what degree? Of course, that's it you depends got an on the hashtag. Of, an example of that? Uh, you know, for example, let's say that um, someone's selling a particular brand of shoes. Let's we'll use Nike as an mm -hmm. example because they're highly, you know, well regarded. You know, and it was a shoe store, and you know, somebody bought a pair of shoes, and the somebody says they really love the shoes. The salesperson was very nice to them, good experience. Mm -hmm. If the owner of the business wants to respond to that, they may want to put in saying, you know. Um, Thank you for dropping in last week and picking up those Nike runners and, and put Nike runners as being a, a hashtag. That actually gives a little bit extra, mm -hmm. you know, fodder for, from a search perspective. So, okay. yeah. So, but, okay. but, but also the other thing too you'll notice is that you want to respond to those people communicating with them. It's yeah. a conversation. So when you help people, for example, with regards to some of their online presence and mm -hmm. managing reputation or... Mm -hmm. How, when you talk about analysis, a gap analysis, mm -hmm. so say, say I've got this small business, I'm going to bring Mark in to help me because I've got an issue. Mm -hmm. um, how do you go about auditing out there how I'm being perceived out there? How, how, how do you go about finding out about where I might be misrepresented or, or sure. I need to address that? What do yeah. you do? Well, th there are digital tools that I use within my business that what we do is we simply put in your business details, which is your name, address, mm -hmm. phone number, website, any other details that I can into mm -hmm. essentially a search, a specialized search system. Uh -huh. And what it does is it basically scrapes the internet and looks for any existence of that name, mm -hmm. pulls it back up in a report. Mm -hmm. And then we can then, you and I together as, mm -hmm. you know, as, we're, as we're studying this, mm -hmm. say, is this your business? Is this your business? Yes, okay, tick, okay. Is this your business? Yeah, oh, and the name is spelled incorrectly. All right, that's something we're gonna need to address okay. and go back and sign into that platform and change the name of the, spe or the spelling. Yeah. You know, you might have a situation where, for example, you've had a, um, a business name that changed because you were, uh, let's say, based on the Central Coast, now you've moved to Newcastle. Yeah. And maybe part of your business name was in fact the location, which yeah. is, is a legitimate thing to do in some circumstances. Yeah. If that were the case, you'd want to make that change because otherwise what happens is people still think, your business name is in the Central Coast, my goodness, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. So it's about yeah. going through and looking for any of those errors, yeah. looking for also possible duplicates where yeah. you might have had a staff member say, I'll take care of this for you. Yeah. And they put a whole bunch of 
directory listings in for you and you didn't even know and you may have already had them or yeah. they may have been populated uh, by uh, an SEO company that you had hired in the past. So now is a good time to do some um, you know, review, some stock taking on your exactly. online presence. Exactly. Okay, the, another thing you speak about um, with that this area is um, looking at website and, and to gain ranking and you, you mm -hmm. speak about uh, page uh, load speed, text images, video content, optimized, etc. Mm -hmm. Tell us a bit about that. When it comes to that, the, the reporting that I tend to do is more because I'm not actually a website SEO no. specialist, no. but what I do is I actually, out of this reporting tool that we, we use, mm. um, is, is something that you can basically hand back to your web developers so that they can look at what are some of the things about your website mm. that you could do to improve. And there are some very simple key things, like mm. just checking how fast it loads. There's mm. proof to be said that if, you, if your website takes any longer than four seconds to load, there's a, a much larger likelihood that people will just give up and go to the next website. Okay, so that's a simple thing that people can do now. Yeah, right exactly. Now, just check, and, and you can actually check your page speed with tools directly from Google. You can even do this yourself. Okay. 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 Uh, other things to look for is look at this, and what makes a page load fast or small is are your photos sized such that they will load quickly? And it's a simple thing to do, but people will sometimes take a photo with their mobile phone and they've got these really fancy phones that take high resolution photos mm. and they just load them on their website. And if you don't actually take the time, Time to resize it or to downsize it so that it loads quickly, it can make your whole website slow down. So give us a, what's, what, what does that mean? What it means basically is that it actually has an impact in how well Google will rank that business because if the site actually is slow, it says probably not going to be a positive experience to the end user, so we won't rank it as highly as the, the sites that do load quickly. Mm. Mm. So it's a, it's a direct impact. So taking, taking a, a, a photo and, and, and having a higher resolution, there's plenty, again, free tools you can get on the internet. Uh, to, to, I, I, I use a couple of free tools, but I tend to use you know, mm. the Adobe Lightroom and Photoshop and those types of programs to do this with. Mm -hmm. uh, as a photographer, you'd think it, you'd use more commercial tools. But to yeah. downsize the image as small as I can, still keep it looking great, yeah. but make sure that it doesn't get in the way of page speed loading. Wow. Okay. Now, when we had a conversation preparing for our, com our conversation mm -hmm. today, mm -hmm. one of the areas we started to to look into here were, um, you know, demystifying this area of virtual tours and, yes. and authentic insights and experiences and integrating this into your, your comms, your website, your social. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about your experience there? Sure. Because it used to be that virtual tours, I recall for us, we, we sort of got into this about two years ago and it was, mm -hmm. I think we had the first Samsung 360 degree camera. We'd used yep. with a person who wanted to try a project. It wasn't as accessible and then not long after that it was on phones and so on. So tell us a bit about your experience there in helping small yeah. businesses go online in a more virtual mm -hmm. AI driven way. Yeah, it's interesting because you see a lot of people don't realize that the world's largest virtual reality experience is Google Street View. It's already out there. We've been using it for how long? We all, you know, ask anyone who says, you know, if you ask them, have you, you use Google Maps? Yes, you've used Street View, probably, and more often to try to find a place or, to, you know, yep. in, in a real estate search of some type. So yep. most people are familiar with it, yep. and they, but they don't necessarily think about it as virtual tour photography, but it's in fact exactly what it is. Okay. And what happened in terms of its popularity is that Google 
had an aha moment along the way, going back to 2010, 2011, 2012, around that time, where they thought, geez, wouldn't it be cool if we expanded the Google Street View virtual tour experience into businesses? Okay. And at the time, actually, the interesting story behind that is I was actually a retailer back then in, in Leichhardt in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And I had this young lady who was a contractor through Google, yeah. walked in with a camera and said, I'm here to do a virtual tour for you. And I went, what? I had no yeah. idea what she was talking about. Like most yeah. people with you, it would have been a very new idea. Mm. When she explained to me what, what she was doing and why they were doing it, I realized that this was an opportunity to be able to showcase the business mm -hmm. in, a, in a better light. Yeah. Um, so I asked her if I could have a few days to spruce up the place, make it look better, yeah. and have her come back. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. And the and the, what the aha moment for me, and this is a conversation that I had a few years later about this, is why are virtual tours so powerful, mm -hmm. is unlike photography or unlike video, mm. usually what happens is when you show photos on a website or you show a video on, on a website or YouTube, whatever the case might be, mm -hmm. The person who's creating the content is the director, right? right? You as the business are deciding where's the panning going to be or what's the shot. Even the sequence, you'll see this, then you'll see that. Exactly. Or you I know? can't go further there because I'm only letting you go there. Yeah. The, the difference with virtual tours is you're actually giving the power of director back to the viewer. Wow, okay. That's a real mind twister for most people, right? Yeah. They really have to rethink how, how, how does this work and why is this a benefit? Because sometimes people think, well, I don't really want to give away the power to, to my viewers, but that's where people really want to be. You want to help yeah. them engage with you even more. Can we talk about that a little bit more? Because sure. when we were discussing this, um, you, you gave me some really interesting insights mm. ab about that. And maybe you could mm. call in a couple of examples. But sure. one of the things I remember before we mm. launch into this part of the conversation, you said was people sometimes think they don't, uh, owners of businesses that you've worked with, they mm. don't have people in it. But you've said, no, you need to represent the experience of being in your business. So tell us maybe an example. Sure. Or, or yeah, absolutely. You know, there's, there, uh, when, when Google first launched the, the Street View program, one of the things that they were very with good reason, very cautious about, is privacy. You know, one yeah. of the things that I continue to do every time that I shoot a virtual tour is if there are going to be cars, I always blur license plates. Okay. Just to be sure, to make sure that from yeah. a privacy perspective, yeah. I'm always being respectful of that yeah. because these people did not ask to be in this, in this yeah. imagery, right? Yeah. And for the longest time, they also requested that the people's faces be blurred for privacy. Yeah. The thing about that, though, is that a lot of people were saying, well, yeah, but it takes away from the experience of, you know, what, what does it feel like to actually come into my shop, come into my store? Yeah. And I completely agree with that. And eventually, Google did relax the rules and allow the opportunity for businesses to, with model release forms, with, you know, doing it properly, mm -hmm. allow for people's uh, image as they are, unblurred, to be in the, in the imagery. And I'm actually a big proponent of that mm -hmm. for the most part. There are times and places when it's not appropriate, you know, it's, you know if you've got children in there that you want to, you know, from a privacy perspective or a particular type of business that where it might not actually be necessarily helpful. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, when you have a virtual tour and you include people in it, it gives people that much more of an authentic experience of what it would be like to actually be there in person. In their so shop, I, in their if facility. They're in shop, absolutely, yeah. you know, like if, for example, if you're, if I, I did a, a, a virtual tour for a, um, a pool um, supply company that's yeah. in just over in Lake Macquarie area yeah. a while back, and I made sure to get, I, to get a couple of people in the store who were um, basically clients, willing and happy to sign off a model release form to be in the shop. In the, oh. in the imagery. So I actually have the owner of the business handing over the invoice and the client taking the invoice and their product 
happy, right. smiling people doing business, yeah. just like it would normally be. So it's, it gives it that feeling of... So now is a time where we really should look at that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is a great time to be able to actually think about how can we actually demonstrate the social distancing yeah. as we have to do. And I don't even like the term social distance. I prefer physical distancing. It's, yeah. My, yeah. it's my take. I think it's a more appropriate way of, of saying it because we still want to be social. Yeah. And we want to demonstrate how we're being appropriately social. Okay. Right? So think of the physical distancing in the imagery. Show it. So we've got some more it. questions, but I just want to, mm-hmm. one little other question in there. So, so how long does it take, for example, for a person to get, I'm a retailer, mm-hmm. I want to get that message out quickly on my sure. website through my socials. How long does it take from someone like you coming in, mm-hmm. producing this piece, and then having it in a format where they can then, well, how does, that, how yeah. does that work? Normally, it's pretty quick. Yeah. Right now, yeah. because Google has a lot of people working from home, yeah. um, the approval process for virtual tours, because they still go through an approval process. Okay. So when I actually publish all the imagery, yeah. it can actually still be looked at by their staff and go, mm, no, not quite right. Okay. Pull it down. They're, they're looking for, for, okay. for that. Um, so that process takes a little so longer. process approval. takes time, but what about yeah, but the actual shoot out on site? and doing it and yeah. seeing it? The actual production of the, uh, the shoot on, on site, um, I, for example, I just quoted a job to, to do a, a, um, a blinds and shutters company that I'll uh-huh. be doing next week. It'll probably take me half hour to 45 minutes on site, maybe an hour for okay. a small store, okay. a small retailer. Yeah. Um, the post-production time to publishing time, yeah. that's typically about a week, week and a half, okay. um, all going well. And in some situations, if someone is in a hurry to get it up live and Google can't yeah. go live, or you can't yeah. put it on Google Street View right away, yeah. there are other means to publish that do have a little bit of a cost because okay. one of the beauties about Google is they actually don't charge you for hosting this imagery. It's right. free okay. to host the virtual tour images themselves. Yes. You can do other things with them at a paid level, yeah. but you can yeah. actually still get that free thing. There okay. are other platforms that are also paid if yeah. you really want to get it in a hurry. Okay. All right. So it's okay. And, and it can quick. be published in such a way that it can be suitable for socials where it'll be a shorter yep. length than one where it might be a bit longer on a website. It, uh, exactly. Basically, the, the, the size of a, of a virtual tour is really dependent on the size of the premises. Yeah. So the larger, uh, for example, when I, I did a virtual tour for the Crown Plaza in Terrigal, well, for many of their meetings and events spaces, that would have been a, no, that took quite a long time to shoot. And in yeah. fact, we, we actually spread it over two days to actually get yeah. it done properly because I was yeah. also working with a couple of other photographers. And that type of a, of a shoot will obviously take far longer and also uh, will take up more space if you wish to, to, yeah. to demonstrate it or to display it properly. Yeah. But for the most part, it's not that big of a deal to, to add it to your website. Okay. If you're enjoying our podcast today, make sure you rate and review Business Big Bang Theory through iTunes and follow and share us on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn at The Business Centre. Brendan asks, there are so many listings and search platforms, how can this best be managed? One of the best ways to manage listings is usually through some form of a... Of a, of a a tool that you can purchase or, or pay for that or you can do it by hand it's just a little harder you could mm. you know, create a spreadsheet and just keep track of everything yourself mm-hmm. but there are tools that do monitor on an ongoing basis that exactly how your business shows up your presence online mm-hmm. and that usually does require some initial setup mm-hmm. but once you've done that what it does is essentially on a regular basis just has a look what we call internally in the in the industry it does a scrape mm-hmm. you know it scrapes through the internet mm-hmm. and looks for how uh, you show up online and see if there's been any changes. Not to endorse one, but the, but is there one that or anything you could suggest? The, the ones I actually I actually have one called Review Requester, which okay. is uh, Review uh, in, Requester. In, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, Jerry asks, how do you pick a website platform when you don't know anything about the topic? <laughs> what should I look for in a good online shop platform? Yeah, that, that, and that's a, that's a, there's so many different op options out there. I would tend to think, first, I would look at what are your competitors doing? Okay. All right. Look, yeah. because chances are you'll find that many of them, and one of the easiest ways to look at it is don't just look at competitors that are real local competition. Uh, it's not that expensive to send an email or just to communicate with someone in, who would be similar to your business but in another market area. Mm -hmm. I would I would definitely do that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's the likes of Shopify. There's uh, plugins for um, um, for WordPress called WooCommerce that will will do these things. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of tools out there. Mm -hmm. um, even to, if you're a small shop, there's some of the self-building websites mm -hmm. even have the capacity to have a, a, a small shop. Okay. built into it cool yep. all right yep. Cheryl asks do you have photo editing software tool you would recommend which is free or cheap or one that you prefer there's a number of, of, of great tools that are available um, it's probably easier if I actually list several of them as opposed to sure. trying to name them out but there's there's a number of them that are free that are quite simple to use okay now we're going to have a look now at opportunity for, for retail SMEs right now in the current crisis and we've been speaking a little bit during this about the Google My Business listing mm -hmm. and it, it being an optimizer and that it's mm -hmm. free. Mm. Can you take us through what that sure. is and how it works so I don't know anything about it? How can we help sure. people? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first thing we have to think about with Google My Business and what it actually is, is it's the single most important directory listing a business can possibly have. Yeah. And if you think of, I, I've coined a, a hashtag around that, and if people mm. want to follow on, mm. I, 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 the hashtag is herd of elephants, because I tell people, mm. Google My Business is not the elephant in the room, it's a herd of elephants. It's that okay. big and it's that important. Yeah. You really need to think about how you take control of that listing. Yeah. And the first part of that is essentially what we earlier spoke about, which was the directory listing portion of it, which is the name, address, phone number, website, the basic core data about the business. Mm -hmm. The challenge that most people have is they don't realize that they should be personally, as a business owner or, or, or leader, take control of that listing. And you can verify that listing or essentially claim that listing. Mm -hmm. If you don't actually have your Google My Business listing claimed, yeah. you absolutely must start with that because if you don't do that, you can't control what happens in that space and you can't benefit from all of the tools okay. that are built into it. That's step number one, yeah. okay? Yeah. Once you've claimed it, and I should actually, I'll throw in a little caveat because it's one of those mm. things because I know people are gonna go out there and say, they're gonna go claim it. Mm. If you claim it, you're most likely going to end up having, a, uh, and, and the place you go to claim it, by the way, is business.google.com. That's just go to that site, make sure that you actually, business.google.com, yep. okay? Mm -hmm. When you claim it, the first thing you do is simply just request the postcard or the phone call verification process, whichever one Google provides to you. If you get the phone call, if you're lucky, mm -hmm. it'll happen instantly, it'll be very quickly. Not everybody gets that opportunity. It tends to happen with businesses that have already been established for a long period of time. If it's a postcard, it'll probably take two to three weeks for that postcard to come in. Mm -hmm. I'm urging people to not make any changes to their Google My Business listing after they've put in that request for the postcard. Because if you make a change, mm -hmm. What you're going to do is trigger the requirement for Google to send you a new postcard. Okay. You're, whole, you're just creating a problem for yourself. Okay. okay? okay. So step one is claim. Claim. Wait for Wait for the postcard. Yeah. Once you get the postcard, it'll have a little six-digit code that yeah. you go back to the business.google.com site and go to your Google My Business listing, put in the code so it's verified. Now you have control. Right. 
All right, once okay. you've got control, then, then you can start to essentially think about how you're going to optimize that listing. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, yeah. so that's where we get into saying, well, what does that mean? What does optimizing Google My Business mean? Yeah. Essentially, what it means yeah. is increasing the, the amount of information inside that platform, which is Google, let's never mm. forget that that's, mm. it is who, you know, we are talking about the, 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 the elephant in the room. Mm. Give mm. them as much information about your business as you possibly can mm -hmm. that would help it surface you as accurately in a search as possible. It's things like you've mentioned, mm -hmm. geographical areas, you can put up to 20. That's right. It's got products and services you offer, year of business formation, mm -hmm. business description, mm -hmm. uh, set up your sharing your short code for both GMB and reviews. GMB, That's right, yeah, GMB for short Google My Business. Google My business. Yeah. yeah, they actually allow you to create a short name version of your Google My Business listing now. Mm -hmm. And they also provide you a short name listing to link to request a review from your past clients. Okay, mm -hmm. brilliant. Mm -hmm. Create your own big bang and see your business idea come to life. Our online course, Start Your Own Business, helps you learn the basics in marketing, compliance, modeling, and small business finances. As a bonus for our podcast listeners, you can use the code BIGBANG to access the Start Your Own Business course online for free at businesscenter.com.au. Okay, one of the other things you say about this uh, uh, in terms of opportunity for mm -hmm. uh, retail businesses now is now is the time to get photos uh, up mm -hmm. of your business and upload them, products you sell, exterior views of the business, inside, customers transacting, yep. short videos. This is the time Absolutely. to do that. Exactly. In fact, one of the things that you'll find once you've actually claimed your Google My Business listing for, and, for, and this is particularly important for retailers or a premises-based business, yep. is if you look at the top of the Photos tab inside the Google my business listing, mm -hmm. it'll actually show you the categories of which photos they're looking for. Let's just simply address it. You know, it, it, mm -hmm. it says, you know, interior, team photos, products, exterior, yeah. 360 tour. It actually tells, tells you, what, you what to do. So just, you know, yeah. like it, it's a free platform, yeah. you know, from, from a hosting perspective. The yeah. only thing that will basically bring in cost is if yeah. you need to hire someone for a, from a content creation yes. perspective. Yes, Short of that. Yeah, it's you know okay. them helping you out. We got some more questions. Natalie asks, "Is it difficult or a cumbersome process to change web hosts? My current provider has limited tools and analytics, and I'm looking to change." It can be in mm -hmm. some situations. Yes, mm -hmm. um, it, the, the challenge for most people that mm -hmm. I've found is if they do not own or have access as administrator on their own website. I'm mm -hmm. a, I'm, the first thing that you want to do if you have a website mm -hmm. is, and a lot of people will you know, say, oh, I'll go see a web developer, get a website done. Yeah. The web developer creates it for them. They, as a business owner, don't know anything about the internet and may have actually been provided administrator rights and never use them, never use them don't know where it is. Mm. Make sure you've got control over that. Okay. Because okay? this right. way it allows you to transfer it on to whoever you're going to work with. Another question here, a uh, quite specific one from Wendy. How do I get rid of bad reviews? I, I prefer to think not so much about getting rid of bad reviews. Mm. We have to think about uh, two factors because it's, it's a really important thing. Mm. If the reviews are not truly offensive, um, you know, uh, inciting violence or anything that would be a real major breach of any kind, mm. Google will not simply just remove those reviews because it doesn't know as an organization whether or not they're still authentic, if yeah. they're still a bad experience. Mm -hmm. So the only real solution to authentic 
so to speak, mm -hmm. bad reviews, is to, as I say, bury them with good reviews by having a business that's worthy of getting those good reviews. Yeah. Base and ask, ask your past clients to get more reviews. Okay. All right, Chad asks, I've been trying to take ownership of my Google business listing with no luck, tried mm -hmm. to contact Google and had no luck, what can I do? Probably the easiest thing to do is to speak to someone who does what I do, and whether you've got someone in your Just area, basically, yeah, yeah, anyone who is a local SEO specialist, and, mm -hmm. and there's a difference between an SEO specialist and a local SEO specialist. So what mm -hmm. you want to be looking for is someone who deals with local SEO because they tend to know more about Google My Business, and often a lot of the Google trusted photographers are a mm -hmm. good resource because they deal with this. Yeah. I tend to look for those trusted photographers who've been doing it for three, four, five years because they'll have more experience in it. Okay, we got one more question, then we might might get to you giving us your top five tips. We'll, sure. look, we'll look at that. Mm -hmm. So Brendan asks, businesses have so many things to do. Mm. How important is Google My Business for my business? <laughs> Um, it's I, to me, it's one of those things. Especially if you're a retailer, mm -hmm. I would put it in a top priority. It's yeah. you may think of your Facebook as being a top priority, and I never to take away from Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. These things are incredibly important too, yeah. because if you think about what does social media do, is essentially it's having a conversation amongst friends, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, but that's all of the marketing, the long tail strategy. Mm -hmm. But when someone's ready to make a buying decision. What are they going to do? Mm. They may or may not ask a friend. They may, and that's fine, and mm. they may do business, but how are they going to find your phone number? Yep. How are they going to engage with you? Yep. Google's the, that one place where you really want to make sure that yep. um, you've, you've optimized that listing. Yep. Yes. Okay. All right, we're getting towards the end of our time together, Mark. I'd like to see if you could just step us through what you think your five tips would sure. be uh, about you know retail businesses going online during disruption, whatever that be, bushfires, mm. floods, drought, yeah, COVID-19. Number one, communicate 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 and communicate compassionately mm -hmm. you know yeah. uh, and it's 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 about understanding that people will be frustrated they're yeah. not going to be and this is not a joyous form of communication so you yeah. have to be reasonably factual and compassionate in your tone and don't be out there just trying to sell okay. because that's the last thing that people want to be they realize that you're going to want to be doing business they already know that you don't yeah. need to tell them that okay you know? number so two number two is really that of when you actually go through that process then think about how can i make sure that when people People are actually looking for me and finding me that the, that that data is consistent okay. all right make sure that you're actually getting found okay the next is to make sure that you're that the what they see once they found you yes. is has a nice clean consistent and accurate and authentic look yeah. all right okay and then from there it's about making sure that you then build on that once you've yeah. done business with yeah. people who come make sure that you ask for rev reviews ask people to give you testimonials. Don't be fearful of that because no. that's that's the, some of the most important um, third-party support you'll ever possibly get. Yeah. And then yeah. lastly, it's rinse and repeat. It's yeah. really all about doing that over and over again. Make sure that yeah. you keep that wheel going. Okay. And keeping in mind that things are gonna change in the, in the, in the world of, of technology and online marketing and local SEO. It's, it's, a, it's a moving target all the time. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of saying whatever I tell you right now, check to make sure that it's still legitimate in two to three months from now because it might have shifted some. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. we have to be aware of that. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you for having me, Steve. All right. It's time to wrap up this webcast. Uh, first, I'd very much like to thank Mark Charette. 
If you'd like to contact Mark, reach out to us at the Business Centre and we'll forward on your details. Mm -hmm. If you want a business advisory session subsidised by the New South Wales Government under the Business Connect program or you want a copy of, uh, of how to operate your business in a safe way, we've got a template we can share. Uh, contact us at the Business Centre or Google the Business Centre, Google uh, New South Wales Government Business Connect program. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business Big Bang Theory podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast today, please review and rate us through iTunes and follow and share on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn at the Business Centre.